The scripture was read already, but let me just refresh your memory. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was upon it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. The subject is, is dealing with seeking God's approval. Seeking God's approval. And how can we know that we are approved of God ourselves? The Bible tells us about love, the, the great command to love one another. To love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our soul, and our mind, and our neighbors as ourselves. Speaking on love, Tilhad de Chardin has this statement. The day will come after harnessing space, the winds, the tides, and gravitation. We shall harness for God the energies of love. And on that day, for the second time in the history of the world, we shall have discovered fire. Can you imagine discovering the flame of Yahweh, the flame of God? And again, another one by Mother Teresa. Love, the one creative force. Spread love everywhere you go. First of all, in your own house. Give love to your children, to your wife, to your husband, uh, to a next door neighbor. Uh, let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile, kindness in your warm greeting. Mother Teresa. So I want to tell you a little story of a woman. One afternoon she was shopping in a, in a local mall and she felt the need for a coffee break. Uh, so she bought herself a little bag of cookies and uh, put them in a shopping bag. She then uh, got in line for coffee and, and found a place to sit down uh, amongst the crowded table. And then taking the lid of her coffee uh, and taking out her magazine, uh, she began to sip her coffee and read. Across the table from her was a man uh, sitting and reading a newspaper. And after a minute or two, she reached out and took a cookie. And as she did, the man seated across from the table reached out and took one too. Uh, this put her off, but she didn't say anything. A few moments later, she uh, took another cookie, and once again, the man across from the table it took one too. Can you imagine? So, so she was beginning, she was a, a bit upset, but she, she didn't, still didn't say anything, and she continued to read, and then she reached out and took another cookie, and the man also did, did again, he took one too. Now the woman was really upset. Still, she didn't say anything. Now, she took another cookie, and the man reached out and took one too, and before she could realize, there was only one cookie left on the plate. And before she could say anything, the man reached out and took the cookie, broke it in half, offered half to her, and proceeded to eat the other half himself. Come on now. While she's steaming, he smiled in her face, uh, got up, folded his paper, put it under his arm, and walked off. The woman was steaming. Can you imagine? She was beginning to think of all the stories that she was going to tell her family when she got home of how her, her little break was ruined. And the woman, so she got ready to leave. She uh, took a, a magazine, opened her bag, 
And as she opened her bag, there was her unopened bag of cookies. You see, it seems to me that life is a journey about learning to love, learning to forgive oneself, learning to forgive others as well. It reveals how we can heal through the practice of forgiveness. We need to forgive each other for those small things. Because those small things often build up into bigger ones. And often we realize that, you know, life is fleeting. We don't know how long we're going to live. Life is so precarious that it can be so easily lost. The Apostle Paul tells us that our bodies are the temple of God in which the Spirit of God is dwelling. And that our bodies should be a living sacrifice a pleasing aroma acceptable to God, that each of our lives gives off a particular aroma, and God wants to smell that aroma. Can you imagine you giving off an aroma that God loves to smell? Oh, that's my daughter walking by. She smells so lovely. That's my brother. He he smells handsome. Come on now. Again, in 1, Peter, 1 Peter 2, verse 5, we are told that we are lively stones being built up into the house of God, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. So we are to offer spiritual praise unto God. But what really happens when God is happy, truly happy with the fragrance of our lives? What happens when he is happy with our temple? I want to suggest to you that when the work of our life is pleasing and acceptable to God, his glory and power will rest upon us. When God is pleased with the work of our life, his presence will rest upon us. I'm going to read from Exodus 40, and I'm going to read certain verses as I go along. I'd like you to follow. So I will read a verse, and then I'll expand upon that verse as I go along. So verse 40, so Exodus 40, verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now I need to give you a little background here. The children of Israel were captives uh, in Egypt. They were delivered by Moses. And as they were now uh, exiting uh, Egypt, they had reached the border of the Red Sea. And as the children of Israel uh, you know, uh, saw that they were at the border of the Red Sea and it seemed like there was no way, way out for them, they began to, to moan and complain uh, to Moses. You know, Is it because uh, that there are no graves in Egypt in Egypt, that you have brought us out here to die. And Moses encourages them, says, you know, don't worry. God will save us. He will lead us out of this uh, difficult situation. So this is the background here. So they, they now uh, um, have been brought across the Red Sea. Moses leads them to a place, uh, to Sinai. And at Sinai, they are given, through Moses, um, a pattern of the temple. 
and uh, Moses is shown what the temple should contain, all the, uh, the artifacts, how it should be constructed, all the materials that the temple will be built of. And Moses takes the pattern and begins to construct the tabernacle. And when he had completed the work, the temple was to be dedicated. So this verse here now, where the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, was because Moses had done all the work that God had asked him to do. And because it was perfect, it was right, everything had been done in order, in the order that God required it to be done, God's glory and power descended upon it. Now we need to go to verse uh, so, um, 14, um, Exodus 14. I'm going to read from 14 and uh, from verse 19 to 25. So I'm going back to where they are now. They're, they're at the Red Sea. They're in a difficult situation. And they're seeking how. How can they get out of this difficult situation? Verse 19. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout uh, the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on the right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horsemen and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. And during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving, and the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. I want you to get this idea. We see the cloud that came over the tent, over the tabernacle, when everything was done right according to the pattern. And we see this is the same cloud at the very beginning of their journey. The same cloud is the one that is protecting them. It is a light of glory to the children of Israel. It is a cloud of darkness to the Egyptians, to those wicked who were seeking to destroy God's people. Paul tells us that we, our bodies are the temple of God, and so there is a process here. Moses is shown the heavenly temple. He is also shown the earthly temple that he is to build, which is a pattern of the heavenly. Paul tells us now that this uh, earthly temple is now reflected in a body temple, who we represent. So I want you to get the idea now that when you become a child of God, that when you accept the Lord as your savior, just as the apostles were told to go into the upper room and wait for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came. It came with a mighty rushing sound, and it lit upon the apostles as tongues of fire. So with this tabernacle in the wilderness, 
The presence of God was over it as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when we see the apostles waiting for the Spirit and the Spirit came, it came and it lit upon them as tongues of fire. The same presence that was over the wilderness tabernacle was now resting upon God's people. And when you and I accept the Lord as our Savior, that same presence is resting upon you, you and me. I want you to get the idea that when we are in difficult situations, just like the children of Israel, seeking, seeing no way of escape in their situation, needing deliverance, needing a savior, Moses reaching out, holding his rod out and praying to the Lord and the seas being parted, that God looks down in your situation in life. And he peers through that cloud that is resting upon each of you. And he sees those who are troubling you in your life. Just like the Egyptians troubled Israel. And God troubled them. I want you to know that God will trouble those who are troubling you. That when his spirit is resting upon you, he will trouble those who are troubling you. He will deliver you from your situation. He will rescue you from your trial. Amen. Amen. The angel of God's presence protects. He is a cloud of darkness to the wicked, but a cloud of light to his children. He instructs on the best course of action. He guides us through the impossible situation. He provides a way of escape in every difficult place. He sees and knows our situation in life, and he will destroy our enemies before our very eyes. As you journey through life, the Lord always, keep the Lord always before you. Let him be your shield and buckler. Let him be your helper and guide. When the work of our life is pleasing and acceptable to God, his glory and power will rest upon us. When God is in the house, nothing else can enter. Verse 35, and Moses uh, was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode upon their own and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The presence of the Lord is all encompassing. No flesh can remain in his presence, but we uh, wait patiently, groaning until the day approaches when our flesh shall be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. And then we shall behold him as he is. And like David, we may say, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. But as you journey on, remember we are all tested by the trials of life, that we don't always get what we want, but we always get what we need. When the work of our life is pleasing and acceptable to God, his glory and power will rest upon us. When God gives a sign that it's time to move on, it's time to move on. Verse 36. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in their journeys. The children of Israel moved onward towards, a, towards the promised land. And uh, many of us today are moving towards a promised land. Some of us have even left our homeland in search of a, a new experience. Uh, 
that maybe we're looking for uh, um, you know, money, more money, uh, a better standard of living. But some are not able to make it because they don't have a passport. They haven't got a visa. They're not able to make it to the proverbial promised land. But even more, we are looking not only for a promised land experience, but a paradise experience, an eternal experience of glory, of being transformed. But uh, Hebrews has to tell us something more about this situation, this, this promised land experience. I'm turning to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm just going to read a few verses here. Therefore, since the promise of entering, this is from the first verse of chapter 4, uh, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that uh, none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God said. So I, declare, so I declared on oath, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. These are those children of Israel who were stubborn. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Yes, we are looking for a promised land experience. Yes, we are looking for a paradise experience. But God still requires us to be faithful and obedient. He still requires us to show love. He still requires us to reflect his glory to those around us. We must have an imprint of God's character in our life if we are to enter his kingdom. We need to have the passport to enter paradise. We need to have a passport to enter the promised land. Yes. But as you journey on, keep hope alive. Trust in God's plan for your life to prosper you and not to harm you, but to bring you to an expected end, that end of entering into his kingdom. When the work of our life is pleasing and acceptable to God, his glory and power will rest upon us. When we wait upon the Lord, he will strengthen our hearts. Verse 37, but the cloud, but if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. Sometimes when God is working out his purpose for our lives, uh, we simply just have to wait patiently. 
and waiting can be difficult sometimes. Often we, we look for a sign to say, well, what should I do, Lord? Where should I go? You know, I don't know what to do, Lord. Please help me. Please show me what I should do. But in Psalms 27, you know, the psalmist encourages us to simply wait upon the Lord. He says, wait, I say, wait upon the Lord. And when you read that line, you want to say, come on, man. I'm waiting already. I need to see something. But God wants us to be still and trust in him and know that he is God. As you journey on, remember, a blessing is in the way of obedience and faith. When the work of our life is pleasing and acceptable to God, his glory and power will rest upon us. When we are faithful, God's presence will follow us all throughout our life's journey. Can you imagine the presence of God following you every day, every moment of your life? filled with the power and presence of God just being around you. You know, Ellen White um, mentions in one of her books on, um, on diet and health and diet, I believe it is, um, Councils on Health and Diet, and she says that each of us carries an atmosphere around us, that we have an atmosphere of, of angels. Either we are surrounded with good angels and darkness and, and light follows us, or we are surrounded by evil angels and darkness follows us. You know, so our influence, our atmosphere can affect others. You know, God, God wants to follow us. He wants his presence to be in our lives so that we can be surrounded by an atmosphere of his holy angels, that his presence can be around us, that we can affect others for good. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was upon it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Christ tells us that he has called us to be lamps, you know, that cannot be hidden upon a hill. That we are to be the salt, the flavor, you know, giving flavor to those around us. You know, if we are truly followers of Christ, we cannot hide the light that God has given us. That that light, whether we choose to display or not, will be around us because we have an atmosphere around us, whether it is good or evil. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and a sound mind, so that we may be able to rest peacefully. When the work of our life is pleasing and acceptable to God, his glory and power will rest upon us. In conclusion, as you journey onwards, as you journey onwards to the kingdom of God, may God be pleased with the sacrifices of joy that you give. May his glory descend upon all the works of your life. May nothing else enter his dwelling in you. May he guide and direct you in all of your life's journey. May he grant you the patience to follow his lead. May his presence follow you day and night all the days of your life. And as you continually choose 
to be in his presence. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you now and forever and always. Please accept this blessing of your life.